Prophecy Club. I've not played the audio of a DVD on Prophecy Club for a long time, but this one, this one is different. This one you need to hear because it's talking about Scalar Wave. So here's the story. Back in 2005, I invited Bill Snevlin, an extremely good speaker, to come in and explain Scalar Wave. He made a DVD, very popular, I might add, called Russia's Secret Weapons to Defeat America. In this DVD, and yes, you can get the DVD, the physical disc, from prophecyclub.com, or you can go watch it instantly at watchprophecyclub.com, 20 bucks a month or $200 a year. It is important for you to have the disc, but also it's very, very nice to be able to go and watch it, all of it, see all of the things he's talking about because it's a video at watchprophecyclub.com. But anyway, Bill reveals technology the Russians have that can knock out anything on the land, on the sea, under the sea, in the air, any place on the globe with little to almost no trace of who did it or how it was done. Scalar Wave renders all conventional weapons of war obsolete against these Soviet energetics weapons. Scalar Waves has changed how war is conducted. See, scalar wave does not travel like radar from point A to point B. It is interdimensional. It leaves point A and arrives at point C without any trace. It is believed to be what took out the Thresher submarine and the Challenger. It is also believed to be able to kill large amounts of, say, birds literally in flight. Before they hit the ground, they're dead, and fish in the water simply float to the top of the water and no trace or cause. It leaves no trace except the birds leave the area. That's the only thing that they can tell when scalar wave is being used. It is also believed to be what took out Gary Powers in the U-2 spy plane over Russia back in the 1960s. He says that they can make, no, listen to this. You talk about the big cold snap that hit Texas and also the big heat wave and also the fires out in the West. Yeah, here it is. With scalar wave, they can make large portions of the atmosphere very, very cold, creating massive cold storms, or very, very hot, creating superheat, creating massive droughts or heat waves, just like what we see in the West right now. It is believed that they can create sparks out of thin air. Yes, start the fires. And of course, perhaps you've seen pictures of where the car was melted even the tires burned and the aluminum wheels melted, but the tree right beside the car wasn't even burnt. How do you explain that? Scalar wave. It is suspected to be the cause of many of the superheat and super cold storms across America over the last 20 years. It is the perfect weapon because it can't be proven even how it was caused. It can act like an umbrella protecting an entire city or an entire country from all incoming attacks of war from either air or water, missile, airplane, you name it. Now, we're going to go listen to the audio of Russia's Secret Weapons to Defeat America by Bill Sneblin, recorded in 2005, available at prophecyclub.com in disc or watchprophecyclub.com immediately. Bill Sniblin. This is a map of the United States, uh, you know, Doppler radar map. You'll notice that thing that's over Wyoming. That's very obviously not 
a natural cloud phenomenon. It's, it's a perfect sphere. That is probably a Tesla globe. I have a friend who's an Air Force radar tech, and he tells me that when you see something like that and it's mostly hollow, it's almost certainly a, a scalar dome, a Tesla dome. Now look at this by way of contrast. Here is a similar thing over Puget Sound. But notice how that's almost entirely solid. What that is is a sign of radar jamming. If you see a totally solid thing like that, that's radar being jammed. And it was probably being done by our own military because there's a lot of military bases up in Puget Sound area. This is an example of a very unusual cloud formation hovering over eastern California. Notice how it looks perfectly straight. In fact, it has a perfect hexagonal angle there pointing out up around northern California. Look at that. That's not natural. And what you need to understand is that with these scalar devices, they can steer clouds around the way you can steer your family car, moving entire cloud masses. Now, this is, this is exceptionally interesting because this particular uh, slide, um, there should be a thing coming up of a burst over Alberta and uh, of, of a similar kind of Tesla globe. And what you're seeing there is, is actually the detonation of a Tesla globe that's bigger than the province of Alberta. And what I want you to understand is that in the process of, of compiling all of this, you know, there are also slides that show a very similar kind of globe materializing over Littleton, Colorado, the day of the Columbine shooting, and another globe materializing over Jonesboro when that particular place was experiencing the high school shooting. In addition to causing freakish tornadoes, the like of which have seldom been seen, the Russians also have been tampering with our oceans. Really serious weather problems can be caused by heating and cooling the oceans to create El Nino effects and other similar weather engines. So in other words, they can create an artificial El Nino. And these, we know the problems. We've all heard it on the news. You have droughts, you have forest fires, you have deaths due to heat waves, flooding, and other fringe benefits. By fringe benefits, I mean all of this stuff uh, increases the people's reason to think, oh, maybe global warming is real. Oh, gee, maybe we ought to sign the Kyoto Treaty. Maybe all of the tree huggers are really right, you know, when actually it probably is more likely the Russians fooling around with our weather. Now, I mentioned something earlier about the, the school shootings at Columbine and elsewhere. It's important to realize that, that if you are a student, as I was, of, of psychology, I used to be a licensed master's social worker, you know that if a person has a mental disorder, if they're depressed, if they're, you know, behavior disordered or whatever the case might be, and all of a sudden there's a very sudden drop or rise in barometric, barometric pressure, you know what that does? That pushes the person over the edge. It can very easily make them snap. And so what the Russians, I believe, have been doing is they have been dropping these globes over these cities and they're assuming that somebody there in that city is going to be, you know, a few fries short of a Happy Meal and they're going to go out and they're going to do something violent. Now, I'm not saying this is the only reason for like post office shootings, school shootings, etc. There's many reasons for them. Uh, I believe part of it is the fact that we're, we have all this violence in our media, violent video games, lack of good parenting, uh, and also, of course, the fact that, that most of the kids that are involved in these shootings and most of the adults, for that matter, are on powerful psychotropic drugs like Prozac. 
And, and that's kind of the, the worst kept secret about all of this. So all this stuff is used to advance the control of the gun control lobby, the drug lords, and I don't mean the ones in Columbia, folks. I mean Eli Lilly, I mean Pfizer, I mean Merck, uh, and of course the psychiatric lobby. And then, of course, there's also our wonderful president and his program to have no child left undrugged. Then, of course, there's the earthquake threat. We've already heard from Defense Secretary Cohen that electromagnetic induction of earthquakes is now recognized. And on the left side of your screen, you see there a graphic from a magazine from like many years ago showing Tesla sitting there and the earth blowing apart in two like an apple being split in two. You know that statement I used back at the beginning of the, of the meeting. Something definitely is going on in the earthquake department. Seismologists have noted that the frequency of earthquakes is going up faster and faster and faster. Uh, when I was out in California, someone told me they had five earthquakes out there just in the last couple of days. In the early 1900s, a normal weight of rate of large earthquakes was two or three a year. Well, to this time, like for example, in 2000, in one week, they had 20 major earthquakes. We all know about the tsunami that happened earlier. And, you know, I mean, this kind of stuff is going to happen more and more, partly, I think, because people are tampering with this. You can create an earthquake with scalar energy. You just have to be patient. You just gradually send scalar beams into somewhere where you know that there is, in fact, a, a fault line. The energy builds up. The tectonic plates gradually slip, and then all of a sudden there's this catastrophic slip, and you have a huge destructive earthquake. And let's say you live in a part of the country where there aren't many earthquakes. There's no fault lines. Well, that doesn't matter. You can use scalar technology even to create a flat plate earthquake. So you can't run, you can't hide, folks. Probably the most obvious example of using scalar energy in this fashion was the Yugoslav earthquake of 41579. Now, why we think this was scalar is the earthquake was immediately followed by a cold explosion. And that's going to be very significant, as we'll see in a few minutes. This had a magnitude of 7.2 on the Richter scale, which is a pretty powerful earthquake. It had an epicenter of 33 kilometers deep and more than 100 aftershocks. The other significant thing is that it happened in April. And somebody asked, well, what's important about April? I said, well, it's income tax day. But that's not really the reason. The reason is, is that in the old days of the Soviet Empire, they would have a huge meeting of the Supreme Soviet in very early May every year. It was like their, their big holiday. And so they'd usually, if they were going to do something big, they'd do it right in April because that way they could have something to kind of brag and beat their chests about at their big meeting. Then, of course, there's scalar waves and supervolcanoes. Many of you, I'm sure, have heard about the fact that we have our very own supervolcano in Yellowstone. And um, essentially, what you're seeing there on the screen is Yellowstone Falls, and a beautiful place, and that's part of what's called the Yellowstone Caldera in geology. Uh, and there's been many things on the media, Discovery Channel, whatever, about how there's this enormous magma dome underneath Yellowstone which supposedly is overdue right now for an eruption. And if it is, it would be like five or ten times worse than Mount St. Helens, minimum. And I had a fellow come up to me at one of the meetings who is a Christian who's a geologist, and he said, what I'm about to share with you is absolutely true. The geologists know about this, that's why it's going out in the media. Uh, the problem is, is that this caldera in Yellowstone has been targeted already, we are told, 
bi-scalar weapons. So they've got it in their crosshairs, so to speak. And what does that mean? Well, what that means is, if you're familiar with a super volcano, if this thing erupts, first of all, it's going to probably take out most of Wyoming just in the first few seconds. Probably part of Utah, part of Idaho, part of Montana. The next thing that's going to happen is, because again, we're talking about maybe six, seven volcanoes erupting virtually very much close to each other in time. There's going to be huge amounts, tons and tons of ash being sent up into the atmosphere. And because the prevailing winds tend to blow from west to east, it's going to go out over the Great Plains states. And essentially, if you're in the Great Plains states like Nebraska or, you know, uh, even Iowa, you're going to get like five to ten feet of ash dumped on you. And, and I tell you, I had a colleague uh, in the ministry, Ed Decker, who lived out in Seattle when Mount St. Helens erupted. And he was driving over the um, Lake Washington Bridge. And he said that stuff was coming down. It was like the worst blizzard you'd ever seen. You couldn't hardly see anything. Cars were skidding around on the bridge. Uh, cars were stalling because this ash gets in the air filter of your car. And, and it was a mess. And see, that was just one measly volcano. This thing is going to be probably five to ten times worse than that. So you can might as well figure that the whole Midwest is going to be wiped out. And that even as far east as, as Indiana, they're going to still have, you know, a lot of, a lot of ash and stuff, killing millions and millions of, of people, millions and millions of livestock, basically wipe out our breadbasket, the whole Midwestern America. And, of course... If you remember, when Mount St. Helens erupted, it darkened the sky for many days in parts of the country. And it was literally like the book of Revelations where you could not see the sun. You know, the sun was darkened and the moon looked red at night because this stuff was up in the sky and it was actually changing the spectrograph of the atmosphere. So, you know, this is one thing you've really got to pray about, folks, because whether or not the scalar waves hit it, supposedly this thing can go off at any time. Then we have the Challenger disaster. This is probably the most spectacular use of scalar weapons against a U.S. target to date. January 28, 1986. We all can remember it. That was the first time a space shuttle blew up. It was one of those catastrophic moments that seared in our memory. And there's every reason to believe that it was part, indeed, of a scalar attack. Why do we think that? Well, basically, there's three reasons. First of all, the use of what are called wet runs. Now, what's a wet run? Well, in, you, all, you all know the word dry run. It's when you like have a dress rehearsal of something. Well, a wet run, in the case of the military, is when you actually fire the weapon to get the range right. Okay. Now, what you need to realize is that um, the, the shuttle is kept away from the launch pad until it's approximately ready to be hooked up and launched. They keep it in what's called the vehicle assembly building, which is, the, I think, the largest building on Earth. And then right before the launch, the day before, they trundle out on this giant railroad car. So that means the day before the launch, there's nothing on the launch pad. And what's interesting is that witnesses reported that they were just wandering around and they happened to notice that there were these flashes of light around the launch pad. There were cracks and boom-like sounds or, or just like a, a second of an appearance of a white globe of energy just that quickly, and then it was gone. And, you know, people saw it, and they thought, well, you know, what the heck, you know, they thought just something out of the corner of their eye, maybe they had a speck in their eye or whatever, and they didn't think anything of it. But then later on, now that we know about what scalar weapons function like, it's very obvious they were trying to get their range right. 
The other thing is, is the use of weather technology. We've already talked about how you can use these weapons to change the weather. Well, what happened is that was a record cold week in, uh, in Florida. And they, even, even the conventional scientific community acknowledges that that extreme cold had an impact on the shuttle's structural integrity. But there's another factor. You can also use scalar waves to soften metal. And they believe that was also done. So it was like a one-two punch. And then the third punch is, of course, when the thing finally lifted off, they sent one of these globes at it, and they materialized it just like I was talking about at the beginning of the program, and blew the thing to kingdom come. And we all know what happened. All, all hands on board were killed. Now this stuff is so powerful, it even has residual after effects. And that's because in order to make this work, you have to have a grid laid down. And there is a grid that's, that's you know, somewhat bizarre in its function. It's called the woodpecker grid. It's been laid over North America since 1976, and it's an energy grid. The Defense Department knows all about it. They can't do a darn thing about it. And when you fire a scalar weapon on this energy grid that's over North America, it causes resonance around the grid nearby. And that's called high-frequency localization signals. And what happened was is that animals, those very small brains like birds, are affected by this scalar energy on this grid. And, the, and you'll notice there's no birds flying the day of the uh, scalar of the, of the shuttle launch. Also, a few days after that, in the early part of February, nearby, I think it was in Alabama, a little bit away from the shuttle launch area, but it was still, again, resonating on the grid, there was this whole county where all the birds just suddenly dropped dead for no apparent reason. And the, the Department of Agriculture in the state had no idea why it happened, but it was like every bird and a lot of little rodents and things like that were found dead. No explanation, no viruses, no nothing. So that is, again, a sign that scalar weapons were fired. Now the question then becomes, why are the Soviets way ahead? Why did this happen? Well, you know, part of it is <laughs> the Soviets paid attention to Tesla, and we basically just ignored him. Also, the Soviets poured billions of dollars and billions of man-hours of research into this. We didn't. And there's a certain level of cultural arrogance on our part. Remember this quote from the beginning? Everything that can be invented has been invented. That's how a lot of scientists think. And as I've said, they just have their minds closed to this sort of reality. Our big mistakes, number one, were assuming the Russians were ignorant peasants. We used to make jokes about that, you know, that, oh, they, they're so dumb they make a phonograph record and it goes the wrong way around, or they make a refrigerator over in Russia and you can, you can use it to cook your dinner in. You know, well, maybe that's true. But you see, the problem over in Russia is, is that at that time, it was a socialist state, and basically they could get away with making crummy stuff because that's all you had. There was, no, there was no competition. And instead of spending their money making better Barbie dolls or better microwave ovens, they were spending their money developing scalar weapons. So that's why we had this idea that they were all ignorant peasants. Also, you as scientists arrogantly assumed that we knew all the laws of physics, and we don't. It's a big universe out there, folks, and we don't even begin to understand it, and yet we think we do. We were also over-reliant on our huge nuclear arsenal. I mean, we have all of these nuclear weapons, 
you know, we have the, the, the triad base, you know, where you have one leg of the triad is, is our land-based missiles. One leg of the triad is our um, bomber wings, B-52 bombers, B-1 bombers in the air 24 hours a day. And then, of course, we have the best part is our nuclear submarines, which can't be detected, so we think. And they're cruising around in international waters with payloads of dozens of nuclear warheads. And we're so confident in that. We put all of our eggs, so to speak, in the nuclear basket. What if someone came along with a weapon that could totally nullify that arsenal? Because I'll tell you right now, if our information is correct, all you would have to do if you were in, in Russia is flick a button, aim a certain thing a certain way, and you could wipe out every missile in America, make them all duds on, in the contiguous 48 states in about five seconds. And then where would we be? In our pride, in our technology, we forgot about Sputnik. Remember Sputnik, those of you that are old enough? I'll tell you, I can remember it. I mean, it was the first satellite in orbit, and we didn't do it. The Russians did it, and, and it was scary. I can remember, in fact, you know, seeing these big, huge headlines. and, and every, I mean, I went to Catholic school, and nuns were all scared and everything because they, they kept thinking that, you know, the communists were going to come over and take over America and rape the nuns. You know, and we heard about that almost every day, and especially after this Sputnik thing happened. They were having us pray every day to protect America from the Russians coming over and invading and raping the nuns. And I had nightmares about this. It was so scary. And I didn't even know what rape was. I was only eight years old. But it sounded scary, you know. And, and you know, they were thinking that the Soviets could rain down nuclear fire on us from space. And then the other thing we forgot, who put the first man in orbit? The Russians, Yuri Gagarin. We forgot that the Soviets almost won the space race, you know. So, again, we were just so cocky and so self-confident we let this slip by, I'm afraid. So, you know, back in the 60s, Robert McNamara was always worried about the missile gap. Who has the most nuclear missiles, you know? Well, now we have a scalar electromagnetic or electrogravitation gap. See, a lot of you people, I'm sure, know about the HARP, the High Altitude Aurora Research Project. Uh, that's something America has, or at least it did. I, I, you know, I hear varying reports that it's either it was dismantled or it was moved or whatever. But, but the point is, that was a very high level of technology that we possessed. But unfortunately, it was only first generation. The Russians are working on third or now even fourth generation iterations of this technology. So, you know, we're really playing catch-up, folks. Now, what are the types of scalar weapons? Well, first of all, there's exothermic mode, then there's endothermic mode, and there's the mind snapper mode. Now, there's some big words there. Exothermic is just a fancy physics term for something that gives off heat. If you strike a match, that's exothermic. On the other hand, endothermic means any process that absorbs heat. And that mind snapper name is pretty evocative. I don't think we need to define that. We'll talk more about each of these in a second. Now, you'll see there on that graphic that's a drawing of a Tesla globe that, that has been, it's, it's called a 3D scalar interferometry hemispherical shell that has been placed over a city or over a battlefield, doesn't really matter, and nothing can get through that. In the, in the drawing you see jets, you see missiles hitting it and just exploding on impact. And this is called the famous Tesla globe or Tesla shell. And the way this works is, is if you make one of these, it's about 50 miles in diameter. It has incredible power. And if something hits it, 
it just basically it's it's kind of like those those bug zappers you have on your your back porch in the summertime and a mosquito hits it and bzzz, you know well if a missile hits this thing it just instantly disintegrates it melts in just a blaze of plasma there's nothing left of it now that's at 50 mile diameter if you attenuate it if you make it bigger if you make it about 100 miles in diameter and that's enough to cover any city you know then it, it isn't quite as powerful but what happens is if there's an incoming missile or an incoming bomber or whatever it hits the shield and as soon as it hits the shield an EM pulse duds everything in the missile or in the bomber so it's totally useless the nuclear material in it is rendered useless and it just drops to the earth like a rock so nothing can get through this now this also can be transmitted across vast distances with no intervening travel. So if they have a scalar device, let's say, in Moscow, and they see that for whatever reason we're deciding we're going to bomb Cuba, we're firing nuclear missiles at Cuba, they could just push a button and in a couple of seconds, boink, there's this shield over Cuba, just to give you one example. Now, additionally, you can use these same globes, as I have mentioned, as a detonating device. So, and the exothermic blast from these things can be nearly nuclear in nature. It can use lesser levels of power to simply destroy all electronic devices. We've already mentioned that. That is called dudding. Now, there's endothermic mode. This is the opposite. And here you create what is called a cold explosion. Now, that sounds kind of like, what? You know, a cold explosion? But that's, remember, that was what was felt right after the earthquake in Yugoslavia. The way this works is, is it just draws all the heat energy out of the atmosphere in just a matter of a few seconds. And I don't know if any of you have seen that movie last year. It was called The Day After Tomorrow. And it was like, you know, kind of about this weather apocalypse. And they had this one scene where this, like... I'm going to interrupt right there, but I'm going to encourage you to get this information. Either go to prophecyclub.com and order the disc or go to watchprophecyclub.com and watch it instantly. 20 bucks a month or $200 a year to watch some 300 different DVDs. What a deal. Watchprophecyclub.com or prophecyclub.com. It's called Russia's Secret Weapon to Defeat America. This is Prophet Leslie Johnson calling everyone to come to the solemn September Assembly, September 6 to 8. Go to watchmanstrumpet.com. I'm calling you. I'm calling you from the north, south, east, and west. I'm calling all the intercessors. I'm calling all the prayer warriors. I'm saying come forth. Come forth and unite as one in one accord. Come forth. Come forth and lock arms. Lock arms and be united. I'm calling you in. I'm calling forth the finances to the Lord to the people. I'm calling it forth to them right now in Jesus' name that it would fall from the heavens and fall in their laps. And they say, this is a gift from you I was not expecting. I am here. I am here. I'm calling you forth right now in the name of Jesus. September 6th, 7th, to unite with us in the name of Jesus. There's more authority when those that are like-minded get together and lock those arms. That locks those arms and say, you enemy, you will not get past. You will not win. We declare in the name of Jesus, all of us prayer warriors in the name of Jesus, we declare right now, you lose. You lose, devil. You lose. Jesus wins. As a prophet of God, I call you in. I call you in. Make a way. 
Make a way. He will make a way. There seems no way. He will make a way. I know some of you are saying I have to work, but God will make a way. Watchmanstrumpet.com. Watchmanstrumpet.com. September 6 to 8. Watchmanstrumpet.com to get signed up. When a nuclear device goes off, it produces an EMP electromagnetic pulse, and it fries every computer chip unless they're protected. The good news is EMPShield.com has devices a military testing facility says are 100% accurate to protect against EMP, solar flares, lightning, power surges backed by a 10-year warranty and a $25,000 insurance policy. And they come with simple installation instructions for home, vehicles, RV, and electric generators. You can have electricity in a blackout. EMPShield.com. Use the promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card. This helps Prophecy Club. That's EMPShield.com. Promo code PROPHECY for a $50 gift card. EMPShield.com. EMPShield.com. The worst thing is to find yourself in an emergency and you do not have the food. But the second worst thing is to open the food you bought and your family won't eat it because it is garbage. That's the reason so many people get HeavensHarvest.com food because it's really good food, edible food in an emergency. It may be 10, 15, 20 years down the road. All of a sudden you do need it. You can open it and your family is going to eat it. HeavensHarvest.com. Put in the promo code STAN. It helps your prophecy club. HeavensHarvest.com, promo code STAN. CornerstoneAssetMetals.com is owned by a prophecy student who reads his King James Bible and supports prophecy club. Call CornerstoneAssetMetals.com for gold, silver, palladium, rhodium bars, or coins. They can help you roll over your IRA, 401k. So tell CornerstoneAssetMetals.com Prophecy Club sent you. 